Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm pretty for a black girl. It's your girl, Deja. Make sure you follow me on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Apple and Spotify listeners, please rate me and leave me a review. David, what the hell y'all put in this barbecue sauce? <laughs> Just right into it, huh? Yeah. If I if I tell you, I have to kill you. It's a, it's a secret recipe, but just know that it's good, and it goes on everything, literally. So City Boy Barbecue, how did that come about? Well, so first we started catering. All right, let me t- you want the long or short story? I got time. Okay, I'll give you the long story. So when I was 22, my business partner and I were working for a... Uh, a brokerage firm. Wait, let me let me stop you. Tell the people where you're from. I'm from England. Because you definitely oh, yeah. weren't born 22. So, <laughs> t- where are you from? Where'd yeah, you grow a, up, I'm, city boy? Yeah, I'm a I'm an Inglewood native, born and raised. Um, I've lived all over LA. So, I think city boy's fitting. Where'd you go to school? That's what really determines <laughs> where you're from. I went to St. Bernard's, class of 2010. So you're a little smart. A little bit. It's a little bit. I got no sense, though. We know. <laughs> we know. So you went to an HBCU. Yes, yes, yes. I went to Tuskegee, the Tuskegee University. How was that? I feel like I didn't get the full college experience because I didn't go to HBCU. It, it was life changing. It was like, especially being, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're raised in L.A., you're raised in like this bubble of like California is at the peak. We're so inclusive, I feel like. There's a little bit of everything here. Well, L.A. is very superficial when you get outside of L.A. You, you, you realize that. So when I went to Tuskegee, it kind of, like, opened my eyes a little bit of, like, you know, black people are not just one band, one sound. Like, you know. We're cultured, yeah, even though they're, they're, you're going like to some, a black Like, college. someone from, a black person from L.A. is not the same as a black person from Alaska. It's just, you know, different experiences. So when I went to Tuskegee, it kind of just opened my eyes. And um, I loved it. It was life-changing. Wouldn't trade it for nothing. Yeah, my first experience with the HBCU was, I don't even even think I was in school anymore. I moved to Oklahoma. And I went to Langston's. Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Do not. It is very much a place, and black people live there, okay? Okay, no, Oklahoma. And Langston is there, so. Yeah, yeah no, I had a couple <laughs> friends who went to Langston. But I went to their homecoming, and it was, like, so dope. And I think I went to Howard's. Yeah, like, and I'm like, wow, they're actually fun black people in this Midwestern country town. You know, like, yeah, it was dope. When I tell people I went to Tuskegee, the first thing they say, so what city is Tuskegee in? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, Tuskegee. (laughs) So, you know, it's a small town. Everybody's black from the doctors to the mailman. And it's amazing. Everybody just wants you to do better. Uh, the teachers had my number. If I would miss class, they would literally call me and t- tell me to bring my ass to class. Like, what are you doing? 
So, like, you know, it was very, like, neighborhood-like, like, you know. Yeah, the South is different. Yeah, yeah, it taught me patience, too. You know, L.A.'s very fast-paced. So, like, going to Alabama, everything's a little bit slower, but, you know, not necessarily for the worst. But it was, you know, there's some good qualities that I picked up out there. So what was college, David, like? Oh, God. What was college? Couldn't be worse than you now. (laughs) Um, College, David. So right now, David, is a watered-down version (laughs) of college, David. You know, I was young in a new environment, um, seeing some gorgeous women, black women for the first time. Not for the first time, but, like, country women, southern women. It's different. It's different. It's different. You know, I was a little 18-year-old. Sorry, they were I was smaller they were back then. I, weighed like, I understand. I, I, weighed, understand. I, weighed, I weighed like a buck 10 soaking wet <laughs> when I was 18. So, you know, everybody was just so much grown, more grown than, than I was. And I was just like, I felt like a little kid out there. But um, I loved it. Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. different experience. Yeah. So what you, were you sneaking off to Atlanta? What? Every weekend. It's only an hour away. <laughs> How was that for you? I love Atlanta. Oh Their gosh. culture is crazy. I miss college because... Everybody was broke. <laughs> Everybody was broke. It was no standards. Yeah, y'all were all equal, huh? We were all equal. You could go to Atlanta with seventeen fifty in your pocket. That's a very have, specific number. Because it's a very specific story. And <laughs> and have the freaking time of your life. I am not lying to you. So now you gotta tell it. Oh man. Okay. So I don't know if you're familiar, but uh Clark Spellman and Morehouse have a joint homecoming called Spellhouse. Okay. And it's in, well, I guess those three colleges are called the AUC. And they just combine everything and whatever. So, you know, it was my my sophomore year at this point. My freshman year, I kind of, like, chickened out of doing a lot of things. Like I don't believe it. Like, no, I'm I'm talking about the traveling part. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I chickened out. Like, I would come back home on the breaks (laughs) or, like, you know, and just, oh, I miss L.A. But then my sophomore year, I kind of, like, you know, had a good core group of friends. So we went to Atlanta. Literally, no one had more than $40. I think the – I think – one of my friends might have had like 35 at the most. And it was like six of us crammed in a, a five-seater. And um, we drove an hour to Atlanta. And they have like this big block. You know how homecoming is. It's like a big block party. Um, they got different things going on in different sections. And we end up all crashing at one of my boys' house. Uh, it was It was epic. His mom cooked us breakfast. It was like... At that point, it was like ten of us because we even linked up with friends and. So what were y'all doing? Drinking and going with the flow. I couldn't. I can't even remember. Just talking to everything with a uterus and a heartbeat. <laughs> like you know how that goes. Like, oh yeah, I know exactly yeah, how hey, that hey, goes. You over there. You over there. You know, just good old fashioned, just college fun. And um, yeah, I missed that because there was no standards. The girls were broke. The dudes were broke. I think the most important thing there was like the standards were can you do fifty push ups? You know, or something stupid like that. Yeah. You know? College was definitely different. I feel like I didn't get the full experience though. Like I was always working and doing like too much. Yeah. It was definitely a hustle. Like I used to write papers for money. Um uh oh. I hope Where I don't get you in when trouble. When I was for in that. school. 
if any if anybody's listening from Tuskegee, oh, uh, just disregard that. Right, disregard that. <laughs> no, but yeah, I was tutoring. Um, definitely like selling food stamps. You know, just the regular, <laughs> just the regular, the regular college hustle. Look, you know Get somebody a dollar now. Any way you can. Listen, milk is six dollars a gallon. I wish I had. I, need, I wish I could have food stamps. I need some help. So what was what was your takeaway like? From college and the experiences that you had, like what was the major takeaway for you? Okay, so the major takeaway. So when I when I went to college, I planned on going to law school after you know undergrad. Oh, I can. You know, I majored I majored in poli sci, and um, you know, I was on track to to go to law school. Um. So what changed for you? I, I did an internship after I graduated. Is that what you declared, though? Like, when you went into school, you just knew you wanted to be a lawyer? I knew I wanted to be a lawyer probably since I was, like, 12. I, I just... Because you like I just to argue? Something, it just sounded good, and I was good in social studies or some shit. Oh, so it's not because you like to argue. <laughs> I just figured that would be the number one reason. I was never wrong, so maybe that was... Yeah, a, you know, I, I get that sometimes, yeah. you know, like... People just don't understand right. the fact that you're always right. Right, right. So I'm not going right. to say something unless I'm right. Okay, I get it. So that means I'm always right. Exactly. See, logic. So, yeah, so I guess the biggest takeaway would be that, you know, you go, you go into a situation thinking it's going to be one way, and then you leave that situation with a, brand new outlook and take. So meaning in a perfect world, I would be, you know, probably five years into being a lawyer, give or take. But, um, you know, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. So like, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely a learning experience. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade like the trajectory that Tuskegee sent me on. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like I wouldn't I'm I'm not one of those people, oh I should have I should have went to law school or I should No, actually kinda like my life the way it is now. Um so, Did you leave Tuskegee knowing that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? No, actually. Well I knew that I wanted to own some businesses eventually or own a business eventually but I thought that was so further down the line like after I would re- like retire from being a lawyer or like you know so you were still once you graduated you were still planning on going to law school yeah because I, I internship with the Los Angeles Bar Association downtown hmm. and I shadowed uh defense like hundreds of defense attorneys for like you know that summer after I graduated and I absolutely hated it like uh, I... like for lack of better words just hated it that's how I felt. Um, I actually worked for a divorce attorney after I graduated from high school because I slightly thought that I wanted to get into law. Uh-huh. And probably two months, I was good. I was tired of people yelling at me because they were divorcing, people arguing over their kids. Like, it was just too much. And I was like, man, like, even my attorney was going through a divorce and, oh like, separation gosh. because he cheated on his wife with, like... <laughs> One of his coworkers, I was like, this is crazy. I guess he needed more practice. Right? <laughs> it's like a soap opera. I'm like filing paperwork and I noticed that it was his name. And I was like, oh, hey, well, I mean, it got me through my days. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was just the morality aspect of it. Like I was interviewing. So I guess this is what kind of like 
swayed me away from being a defense attorney. I was uh so I was shadowing a private investigator as well as a lawyer and I had to like basically take notes while they interviewed a witness. And the witness happened to be 12 years old and the young man witnessed a murder and the way they were talking to him kind of I kind of felt like they stripped him of his innocence early like they were talking to him like he was like 40 years old trying to discredit him as a witness or no, no, no. yeah basically yeah. trying to like basically by the time he get on stand he's gonna get torn to smithereens like you know it was just one of those things where I'm like yo this is a little kid 12 years old right and like, that's when like, like see him as a little kid and right. not and not as like you know a grown man a case Right. Yeah, pretty exactly. much, you know, and, and I, I feel like I learned that law wasn't for me when my attorney said, all you have to do is create reasonable doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And right. he was like, you know, whether or not they're guilty, like right. just create doubt. If they're not 100 percent sure, they're not going to find him guilty. And I was just like, what? Like, right. And but just shout out. But, but 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 shout out to all the black lawyers out there. because We need y'all <laughs> just just it's just, a tough job, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely shout out to all the black lawyers. Um. Definitely, definitely uh, love you guys, and we need you, especially during these times. So you became a city boy. Yeah. So yeah, how yeah. did how did that come about? You have two business partners. Yes, I do. Okay, so how did you guys Mike meet? I Daniel. Okay, so I met Daniel the summer before high school. Uh, we played football together, so during, like, you know, the summer practices, um, we just gravitated towards each other, like, you know, came real cool, uh, and we just like basically just became best friends from 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 that point. And um, I met Mike through Daniel in high school um, a few times. Uh, Daniel and Mike had went to the same uh, elementary and kindergarten stuff like that, so they knew uh, known each other for years. And um, you know, Mike is, is such a, a easygoing person. It was almost like, he's a quiet one in the group. Yeah, he's very cerebral. He's always in his head. He's just very not a just bad thing. right. He's the creative one of the group. So like anything that you see, that's like you know, ooh, ah, on our page, he he did it. It's all him. He's very creative. That's and, dope. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Mike is a a big big uh, co- a contributor to uh, City Boy Barbecue. So what's your um, what's your role? What do you bring that's, to the table? I guess if you if you ask my business partners. Um, I I actually agree with it too. I'm more of a connector. So like I know a lot of people in LA. I worked in like, you know, Hollywood. I did the private security for like 5 years and um I built a lot of relationships. So one of our goals is to get into as many local LA restaurants as possible. And I I think I curated enough like you know, relationships within L.A. to kind of make that happen. So I guess my role is to get us in the room. Okay. And Daniel? Daniel is, he's he's the he's the businessman. He's the one who's going to make sure everything goes as planned. Like, Daniel is, all right, we're going to be there at 3.30. You better not be a minute late. Like, that's Daniel. Without Daniel, we'll fall apart, honestly. Same with Mike. We'll probably uh, look basic 
like, even when we were catering, like, Mike was like, won't we hold the poster like this? And, you know, just the visuals and the optics of everything, you know, he was he was very key to that. Hmm. Uh-huh. So where where can we find City Boy Barbecue? Like, um, well, you said you're in restaurants or? So right now we're in one uh, restaurant. You know, we uh, debuted last year. Uh, July will make a full year. Uh, we're in Biblos Hookah Spot right there off of Westwood in Century City or Westwood, depending on where you're coming from. And then uh, also on our website, we have a co-packer and they send it right to you. Uh, our website is a uh, city boy. That's boy with a I dash BBQ dot com. And, you know, you could purchase uh you know, either one bottle, three bottles, or a case, which comes with 12. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so how do you balance? I know you still work full-time. Right, And right, right. you're running a business. You're an entrepreneur, right, which right, is. Right, 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 Man, hard is an understatement. Man. So, no, like, definitely. how do you create balance in your life? Um. So when the pandemic happened, it was kind of like, a blessing in disguise. I hate to say that because, you know, of all the people who lost their lives and, you know, who have permanent, you know, health issues because of COVID. But I'm talking about the social aspect of, you know, of what happened, the shift from, you know, going to the office every day from now I work at home full time. So I'm permanently remote. So I have a little wiggle room. And, you know, I have, like, time to, to do a lot of things that, you know, normally someone who have a 9 to 5 can't usually do. So, you know, that has helped tremendous. And then, you know, socially, uh, I just like to have fun. So whenever I'm not doing anything City Boy related, or even when I am having fun, I make sure to to bring a couple bottles with me and definitely – like pass them out like wherever I'm networking, at. marketing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's like second nature now. Absolutely. I feel like when you're running a business, you're always on. Right. That's right. the thing about being an entrepreneur. Like you don't you don't clock in and clock out like right. this is twenty four seven. Right, definitely, definitely. This is your bread and butter and it's right. almost like, you know, you you have to because it's your money, it's your time. Right. right. It's a your... lot of people don't talk about that. Uh sweat equity. Yeah. Like, you know, where you where you're not paying yourself. You know, you're just reinvesting into your business, Right. you know, so we're trying to get to the point to where, you know, I don't have to work a nine to five and that city boy barbecue, you know, finances my, my life. Right. You know, so. Which is the end game. Yeah, that's the for, end game. Yeah. And then we sell people. it to like Hormel Foods or something. Right. <laughs> I mean, speak it into existence. Right. Got to speak it into existence. So what do you feel like has been the most help for you, like in curating your, your company and like what kind of. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Resources. Um, did you guys use? So a lot of people, when they're entrepreneurs, they're, they wear many hats, as you know. Like, you know, they, they're the marketing person. They're the... You know the sales sales guy. They're the the just everything for their business. Um, I think what we've learned and what we're kind of like mastering is the networking across idea. Like a lot of people like to get the best of the best, which is you know understandably like what you should shoot for. Right. But we like to work with people and use those resources who are just as hungry as us, you know, like whether it's the, the videographer, whether it's the, you know, mom and pops joint who just opened two months ago, or whether it's like, you know, someone who's just getting off the ground. Um, they, uh, they have proven to be beneficial, like, you know, to us, to the, progressive like to to city boy uh barbecue progressing so that hunger is different for like a a new entrepreneur somebody that wants to get their name out there their business off the ground like you know there's there's just a different type of drive when you've already created your name and this is no no shot to anybody you should definitely charge what you're worth oh absolutely definitely charge tax on it yeah charge what you're worth plus tax right definitely but once you get to a space to where your business is doing well and you can, you know, charge charge that number and uh, plus tax, I feel like I feel like the quality of whatever that they're providing kind of goes down. Right. If I'm, you know, it, that's not, it's not a black and white rule or anything like it's like that with all businesses, but, but sometimes I, you notice they cut corners and yeah. you know, it's not the same. It's yeah. not as authentic as right. it was when they started. I need someone who's, who's going to be up all night, just like me. <laughs> yeah. You need to feel their pain. Right. Like, yeah, I understand, bro. I'm right here with you. What's one of the biggest like myths that you went in thinking when you started your business, that's a complete opposite right now. Um, I guess what, I mean, as a business owner, I feel like a lot of people go in optimistic. Like, you know, it's just natural. Like, I'm thinking like, okay, cool. We launched last July. I'll be a, a millionaire <laughs> by, by next this week. time <laughs> next year. And, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's wishful thinking. But um, it's just it's just trial and error. It's all trial and error. And um, you're constantly growing. There's never uh, a point you reach, in my opinion, where you're just like, all right, I finally understand every single thing that can make my business better. No, you're constantly learning. So um, Speaking of trial and error, what did you feel like uh, was your biggest failure? What has been your biggest failure and what's the biggest lesson that you took out of it? I don't even want to call it a failure because it's everything's a lesson. So what was your takeaway from like the biggest lesson that you learned? What's a big failure or something that... We're staying positive. We said lesson. A lesson. <laughs> What's the lesson? Um, 
That's a good question. I mean, you know, our product been on the market for, for, you know, a little less than a year now. I haven't taken any big L's yet, but a lesson that I have learned is that, um, don't underestimate the locals of LA. Like a lot of people like to branch out to like, you know, the Hollywood, the downtowns and like, you know, just out of, out of inner city LA when they're doing business. Mm-hmm. But um, when your own people support you, there's no it's better feeling. feeling. Yeah, there's it? no better feeling than that. And I think in the in the beginning, like we had that we had that mindset, like okay, let's go to let's do events in Hollywood or downtown. And you know what? When we did events in Inglewood or when we did events, that's and, where your support and, is. Yeah, huh? and that's where we did the best. Yeah, and whatever. Like I think I seen you at the Crenshaw Mall. Uh, couple weeks ago yeah one of the best turnouts we had and like literally like people were just stopping by without question like are you guys from la like yeah you guys this is your barbecue sauce yeah okay i'll take three like okay look at me i bought a case everybody got barbecue sauce for christmas right Thank I, you. But Thank I did. You again. I support black businesses. I like I, I'll at least buy from you once. Like if you're a black business and you're Don't trying to do something, once. Don't stop positive, at once oh, now. I should order. I should re up on another, my case. Another case. I know it's almost <laughs> done now. <laughs> it's it's been how long? Huh? It's been a year, right? <laughs> I've been putting barbecue sauce on everything: breakfast, sandwiches, eggs. And that's the beauty of it. It goes on everything. It does. It does. Yeah. And I'm definitely a foodie, so if I'm if I'm endorsing your product, it must be real, because I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't even have you on my show if I didn't have <laughs> the barbecue sauce. I'm not even well, not thank even you. gonna thank front. You. Thank you for that for that validation. I love it. Of that's, course. That's one now of the you best, got the stamp. That's also one of the best <laughs> feelings too. Uh when people like really mess with the with the sauce. And they're not just messing with it. Because they know you. Because they know me. Yeah. Like, you know, when a random person takes their first bite of their food and it has our sauce on it. Like the look on their face is like, yeah, we got another one. We got another <laughs> one. He about to buy a case. He right. about to buy foe. Yeah, no, yeah. it's pretty good. So what are you most, like what is the thing that you're most proud of since you started your business? I think how all three of us, we find a balance between, because we're all friends. But uh, I think it's very important to have that have that balance between friend friendship and business partner, mm. because when we were catering and we were all under that one tent every weekend for like six months at a uh, at a time, we wanted to kill each other. Yeah, you know you're, you're you got the food hot <laughs> summer barbecue, a fifty person line, right? You know things spilling. You know, so I think how we've progressed of how to balance that, you know, that 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 friendship and 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 uh, business. business business partnership mm-hmm. is just wow. If if uh if old me could look at where we're at right now, he'll definitely be proud. Definitely. Do you have any regrets or like second thoughts about anything that you've done so far? I wish we would have uh, decided to bottle the sauce earlier. I wish it didn't have to take the pandemic to 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 get us to switch to turn on turn on that switch to switch from a uh, service based to product based. 
But you live and you learn. Yeah, you, you live and you learn. But, and you um, wouldn't know that if you just jumped right into. But then, yeah, but then that's kind of that's kind of tricky too because a lot of people remember when we used to do the events, like when we used to cater, like the Taste of Inglewood. Uh, and different little small community events. A lot of people remember us actually serving food. So when they see the product, it kind of shows the progression of, okay, we were caterers. Now we have a legit product. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to pursue a similar career? I mean, I would just straight up tell them to just go for it. Like, don't, don't, uh, don't push it back. Like just start it right now. Like just do the research, do the do the ground, do the, do the footwork, do all do all that stuff, and just you know go for it. Um, have a have a timeline. Like you know, I live and die by our by our uh, our goals. Like all right, we're gonna have like right now. I think we have that we we do at least at bare minimum two events a month where we're like out in the community selling our uh, barbecue sauce. Um, and we've been hitting that goal for like the last six months, you know, that's just one of the goals that, you know, we decided that we, we gotta, we gotta be more interactive with our, with our people. So I would tell people like, just stick to the timeline, like, you know, always have a contingency plan, you know, thing in a, in a perfect world, everything will go correct, but this isn't a perfect world. Things are going to mess up. Don't quit. Um, leave room for those errors don't expect for everything to be perfect i have learned my lesson about three times with that honestly i mean just you know just aim as high as you as you can um one of our goals like we looked up uh the net worths of the different barbecue sauces and they're all like the top three are all in the you know the hundred million uh range isn't that motivation like and it's like yo their their barbecue what's sauce the difference don't, don't taste better than ours right and you Sweet have baby to have Ray. The, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have that mindset you yeah, have no to. definitely definitely um believe in your products i've yeah. seen people selling stuff just because they feel like it's gonna make money but you have to really be yeah, invested in what you're doing you gotta believe in it and um as a small business owner another advice uh some more advice I would give to someone else is that, uh, like, in our in our instance, we're we're small, so when we go to a restaurant and we're trying to shop our barbecue sauce to them, you know, they're nine times out of ten using like one in one of the store bought barbecue sauce, and just try to. I want to tell them think of advantages that you can bring that business. Like for us. I go in there. When I go into a restaurant, I tell them, look, Sweet Baby Ray don't know who you guys are. I know exactly who you are. I could bring people to your establishment. And, you know, we could we could definitely have a, a, a give and take relationship. And, you know, you just always have to think outside of the box. Right. And always, always think of the, the pros of, like, you know, what would, what, how could your product benefit this establishment or whatever you're selling, how could your service benefit an, an establishment? Right. But not just the, the first one that come to mind. You <laughs> really have to think outside the box because everybody didn't thought of something. 
Right. Yeah. They, they but it's putting it in all. the footwork too, because an yeah. idea is nothing without action behind it. That part, that part, definitely. So definitely stand dedicated. And I'm speaking as an entrepreneur, but because I'd be ready to kick everything over like multiple times a week. You'd be ready? Oh, absolutely. You've I, never seen I me actually do. kick things over. <laughs> Like, actually. I was about to say, you've never seen me actually do that, David. No, I actually kick things over. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating, but it's a part of it's the process. Rewarding. Yeah, it's it's also rewarding because yeah. when you make that first sale or you flip that first house oh, or whatever it is, gosh. like it's like no, you'll never experience right. that feeling again. Now It's like smoking weed for the first time. I mean, I wouldn't know, but that's what they tell me. Re- who's they? People who smoke weed. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yo, you can never get that first high again. But and you just wouldn't know anything about that. I wouldn't that. know anything about it, but that's what, <laughs> that's what they tell me. Well. City Boy Barbecue does not advocate smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely um, want my listeners to just get a little more insight about me and uh, get to know me a little bit more. Okay. So I'm asking everybody that knows me. Uh-oh. I'm probably going to regret this. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm asking everybody that knows me to state a fact and ask me a question, and I have to answer it. Full disclosure, I cannot interrupt you, and I will not confirm or deny any of the allegations. State a fact. <laughs> state a fact and ask me a question. Hold on. I got I to gotta think about this one. I got to get a good fact. Hmm. State a fact. Well... Based off our personal, I know we play a lot, but based off our personal relationship, I know that you are a genuine person. You were one of the first people when we launched City Boy Barbecue to buy a case. You know, people usually went for the the three-pack or the single, but you bought a case, and that meant a lot to me. So I know you're a genuine person. So a question now, right? Sure. You finna buy another case? No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for my re-up. It's been a year. No, it's no, been a year. I got I to get you a real question. <laughs> so what are your what are your goals? What are, all right, so I'm going to ask you this question. So what's your what are your goals for your business within the next 12 weeks, within the next 6 months and within the next year? That's that's good. Um so I'm Jamaican, so I'm into well, multiple on, baby. <laughs> I am into multiple streams of income. Um, my whitening business, I definitely want to uh, relaunch my online website with the Tooth Fairy. Like okay. I've been dragging my feet. I honestly, I teach. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've been trying to get my teeth cleaned for like or whitened for like the last year, and you've been bushing. Uh, probably so. Come to my school. I teach. Yeah, I teach classes in Victorville. Um, at Signature Barber Academy. Oh, you teach adults. Yeah. <laughs> I about to say, who, who trusting their kids around you? You know what? I'm very fit for the position. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. A seven-year-old has raised me properly. <laughs> um, yeah, but just get getting things back up and running because I feel like I'm not um, consistent on the sales end with my business as, as consistent as I used to be. Okay. Um, it's just easier for me with teaching because I just have to show up. You know, like everything's, you know, but that's not where I started. And I want to get back to where I started and um, spend more time with that business. So that's your 12 week? 12 week. Okay. Yes. I'm actually, so like, hopefully by the end of summer, you know, you'll see 
my business logo say, popping say, up. Say one more time while I re- <laughs> record you. We will be back in action, the Tooth Fairy. Uh, but I also have my hardware store in Jamaica. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're in construction development. Um, so we are. Is that really a drug front? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Pablo in Jamaica Escobar sells, is my cousin. Drugs. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stereotypical Jamaican. Huh? Right. Got no, 13 but jobs. I, honestly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just be more hands-on with my family business. Uh, my hardware store is with my dad. So um, I will be going down to Jamaica um, in the next week, actually. So Take me with scary. you. You're, you're always welcome. As a friend. <laughs> As a friend. Yeah. I'll I take all my couch. friends to Jamaica. I'll sleep on the couch. I was thinking the porch. Time. I got a porch. We have the little net around it. No mosquitoes. You'll be fine. Nah, nah, nah. I'll give you some skin so soft. Whatever. Just bring me jerk chicken in the morning and I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to the cook. Yeah, I can sawfish. I don't cook, remember? Oh, yeah. You don't know how to cook. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Um, Yeah, but just make sure, making sure that I progress and I'm doing more than I was doing 12 weeks ago or six months ago or, you know, just different me. Okay, cool. So tell the people again where they can buy City Boy Barbecue, where we can catch you in the streets, City Boy. Okay, so yeah, you could purchase City Boy Barbecue online at City Boy, that's boy with a I, dash BBQ.com. Or you could go go on ahead and head down to Biblo's hookah spot off of Westwood in Santa Monica and, uh, they have City Boy barbecue wings. We're on the menu, actually. Look at you. Yeah, doing big things over here. Boss man. Yes, yes, yes. Well, David, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. This time. was fun. This was fun. Was it a riot, huh? Right? <laughs> I thought it was going to be way crazier. Could have been. It could have been. Could have been. You kept it PG this time. Next time. Uh-oh. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get you back with your business partners. Yes, no, definitely going to tell them to uh, pull up. And we're going to – I can't wait till you see the chemistry between us. You think okay. I'm crazy? Get all three of us together. I don't know yeah. if I don't want to do that. I might have to I might have to call That's, some backup minute, that or sounded, something. That sounded bad. Yeah, I don't know. A little honesty. Huh? I don't know. Bring a friend. <laughs> Bring some friends. <laughs> and then get all three of us together. Well, thank you again for coming through. Yes, yes, it was a I'm pleasure. pretty for a black girl. Make sure you follow me on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Apple and Spotify listeners, rate me and leave me a review. Thank you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.